Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Last night, a hummingbird got trapped in our house, and uh, it was so sad to watch this little this little bird just trying desperately, throwing itself, hurling itself against our glass windows in the living room, trying to get out, you know, and desperate and frantic and, you know, hurting himself and getting more desperate and more frantic and hurting himself more. And Stacy's just saying, honey, help him, honey. You know, and she's trying to get him to land on a broomstick so that <sighs> she could carry him out and – and so I had to get a ladder out and climb up to the window and then I took a, a bath towel and just sort of gently brought it around the hummingbird in a in a tender enough way that I could kind of protect it but encompass it mm-hmm. and then carry it down and outside the window. And, you know, I opened the towel up and uh, it was just so sweet because he kind of stood there for a minute, a little bit stunned, looked around, chirped at me and, you know, <laughs> took off. And I was thinking about, I mean, all the concern, all the effort, all of our attention, our fears focused on this one little hummingbird, you know, so precious, so beautiful, so worth rescuing. And thinking about some of our thoughts and reflections as we've been looking at Jesus's view of man, Mm -hmm. Um, man is in desperate need of rescue. Man is glorious. Man is beautiful. Mankind, I mean, men and women, made in the image of God, we bear a a dignity, a glory that nothing else in creation bears, not animals, not trees, Mm -hmm. not even the earth itself. There's just something so incredibly beautiful and glorious about man. And yet, As we were saying, Jesus's view is that man is also a royal disaster and that something's gone terribly wrong in the human race. And you really don't need theologians or priests or pastors to tell you that. You know, you just spend a week with your in-laws. I mean, just watch the internal movements of your own desires in a single week and, and you realize, holy cow, while on the one hand, Jesus sees all of us as of incredible worth. On the other hand, he also is pretty frank that you are a house of cards. You're a whitewashed tomb. You're a disaster. You are glorious ruins. And that brings us to today's podcast, because what we want to talk about today and probably next time, what is Jesus's view of his mission, his rescue, what the church is called salvation. What is Jesus's view of what do people need? What is it that God is after in us? And and I do think this will be a two-part on this particular subject because there's two things we need to cover on that. But, but before we say and begin to read some scriptures on Jesus's view, I want to remind you something about Jesus. Hmm. Jesus Christ is extraordinary. He is the most beautiful person that ever walked the earth. He's brilliant and he's funny. 
He is incredibly patient, but he also gets furious at all the right things. He has no tolerance for BS, Mm -hmm. and yet he is absolutely compassionate with the broken. So I just want to remind you, we're talking about that man, his view. And I also need to add, by way of preface here, that whatever else you understand about the cross and the death of Jesus of Nazareth, I mean, there's just no denying across all kind of spectrums and world religions, you know, people respect Jesus as an extraordinarily loving person. This is a sacrificial man unlike the world has ever seen. I need to preface our conversation today about that because because now we want to explore, so what is Jesus's view of rescue, of salvation, of what mankind needs? And Craig, in order to do that, I want to go to the Sermon on the Mount. Hmm. I want to kick off with Matthew chapter 5. And you know, this is probably the most famous sermon in the world now. And um, it wasn't called the Sermon on the Mount at the time. It was just Jesus on a hillside and, and he's giving a message. But, you know, this is the kind of the core of what many people would consider to be Jesus's worldview. He's, he's teaching on ethics and sexuality and marriage and, you know, fasting and prayer and heaven and the Father and, you know, judging others. I mean, it's just this broad, sweeping message. But but let me just read a few passages from this that I think that will be helpful for us mm-hmm. to, to hear again. Jesus says, you've heard it said to people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Racha, or some, you know, it's like a derogatory phrase, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. And then he goes on to say, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Pause. (laughs) So Jesus of Nazareth, the playful, cunning, witty, brilliant, loving, sacrificial man, believes in hell. Hmm. Clearly, there's just no doubt about that. It's actually quite prevalent through his teaching. Let me read another passage here. This one is from a little bit later in Matthew. And he says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the Jesus that we love, adore, serve, want to be like, clearly believes that man needs a very dramatic rescue from hell. Mm-hmm. Jesus believes in hell. Yeah. yeah. What is your reaction when I say that? 
it's um, it's mixed. It's one, it's there. It's biblical. I mean, as you've said, it's uh, Christ talks about hell awful lot. And it's one of those squirmy topics that you just, you know, one of those topics that uh, you just don't really want to talk or don't talk too much about. It just, right. just awkward. It's, it's a tough one. And it's, right. we don't reconcile it so we don't talk about it. We don't, I don't know that we believe it or understand it or that it, that uh, we give it the same weight or emphasis that Christ does. Doesn't it make you squirm? Yes. Oh, I mean, I'm squirming in my own seat. It's like, oh, it's so much more attractive and and so much it feels like more real to the heart of God to talk about healing the brokenhearted or, you know, um, how to raise your children to be just really strong young men and women talk about the dignity of gender, right? I mean, it's yeah. just – and those are also things that Jesus believes. But friends, you know, we started this series to say, okay, how does Jesus look at the world and how might that reshape, correct, adjust, reprioritize the way we look at the right. world, right. you know? And so here we are on a really awkward mm-hmm. subject but a crucial one. You know, far more crucial than rescuing that hummingbird. Yeah. Jesus believes in hell. And I think, John, he, um, one of the beautiful things about God and his word is simply the understanding of how offensive this is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're told not to be ashamed of the gospel. Yes. That the cross and Christ is foolishness to those who are wise. And so, I mean, that. That squirmy feeling is even recognized and addressed and spoken to. Isn't that true? Because I was struck the other night by Paul's – he's closing one of his epistles and he says, pray for me that I would proclaim the gospel boldly as Mm -hmm. I should. Now, why is Paul asking for prayer for that, right? And recognizing that there's a boldness, you know, Paul's squirming. Yes. Right? And he's saying, oh, just help me to shoot straight. And again, if if listeners, if you haven't had a chance yet, I just so urge you to read Beautiful Outlaw, um, the book that I wrote on the personality of Jesus, because one of the qualities that makes us actually fall in love with this man is that he is a straight shooter. He doesn't think around. He doesn't tiptoe. He doesn't, you know, bow to the pressure of the religious elite. He just shoots straight mm-hmm. and what we're talking about today is that in the worldview of Jesus, man is an eternal being. This glorious creation of God that bears the image of God, man is an eternal being with an eternal destiny. And whatever this rescue is, whatever this salvation is that God's offering man, it is from hell, mm-hmm. a very real place, not a metaphor, not merely a apocalyptic term used in the first century by rabbis of that period, Mm -hmm. you know, as so many people want to try and dismiss this. It's just very clear. Listen to Christ again in in Matthew chapter 7. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few 
find it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if we could just begin to make some observations about Christ's opinion on these things or perspective on these things, he believes in a heaven and a hell, and he believes that very few people find their way to the life God has for them eternally. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very serious about this. And then just a few verses later there in chapter 7, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this gang, gang. I mean, Jesus believes in several core things here. Jesus believes in a day of judgment. He believes in a day of reckoning. He believes that there are eternal consequences for the way that you have handled him and the way in which you've lived your life. He believes that not all roads lead to Rome, right? right? Jesus does not hold to a kind of, well, if everybody is just good intended and treats their neighbor well, you know, then you'll get into heaven. I mean, Mm -hmm. he believes in a day of judgment. He believes that there's a narrow path and he believes in hell. And I mean, oh my goodness, how how much would that shape our values, priorities, passions, interests, if we believed it like he did, yes. if we held the world view that Christ does. Mm-hmm. And that, that apart from a rescue, that is our destiny. It's not like going back to a previous conversation, John, um, we're a glorious ruin. Um, it's not that we have, you know, we're kind of these innocent, amoral beings that have a path to choose. No, we're, we're going down. We're banging against that glass window. That is our fate. And you can see where the, um, the view of man being basically good, if, minimizes my need for a rescue. Exactly. You don't need rescue. Exactly. When Christ is saying, um, apart from intervention of rescue, this is your fate. Yes. Yes, exactly. And exactly. That, yeah. Versus, friends, versus, you know, a view of salvation or rescue or the intervention of God as primarily from oppression like political oppression, you know, or or a rescue from misunderstanding or racism or misogyny or or primarily that the offer of God is is to rescue uh, people from unjust Mm -hmm. systems, whether those be global corporations or oppressive governments, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a rescue from injustice. No, no, Jesus is pretty clear. Here, no, he's actually talking about hell, yeah. not governments, not misunderstanding between peoples, not racism. He's talking about hell. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very personal, very intimate. If your, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. He's speaking. There's, there's something deeper than the physical and what we see that's at stake here. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. Right. 
I'm really surprised. I have to be honest, as you know, kind of preparing for this series and going through, you know, here at Ransomed Heart, we talk a lot about the restoration of human beings and and you know, freedom and life and yeah. breakthrough and and how to find those things with the help of God and guidance and hearing the voice of God and sort of all the really great stuff of the kingdom of God, you know. But going back through the teachings of Jesus, one of the things I'm surprised in is how often he speaks about this. I mean, these aren't like side issues. I mean, right there in the Sermon on the Mount, he's hammering away <laughs> at hell, yeah. hell, hell, hell. You know, and, and in pretty dramatic terms. And, and then he continues to drive at saying, hey, look, the the way is narrow and and uh, don't fear those who can just, you know, kill your body. Fear the one who can send you to hell. Yes. I mean, it's it's actually kind of shocking yeah. how often and passionately Jesus is driving at this. So what's the rescue? How do we get rescued? Right, right. First, friends, that I think we need to understand that in the worldview of Jesus, mankind is a royal disaster, mm-hmm. and it's not just woundedness, as we were trying to explain last time. Yes, there is woundedness, and he's deeply compassionate towards that, but mankind needs to be rescued from our sin, mm-hmm. f- from those parts of us that are just in total rebellion to God, seeking life apart from God. Uh, you know, defiant, frankly, not wanting to depend, trust, worship God. You know, Paul says in the end times, uh, he's describing the nature of people in the very last days on earth. The very first thing he says is they will be lovers of themselves mm-hmm. and not lovers of God. I mean, just that alone it describes so much of our culture, the pleasure seeking, the life seeking. It has absolutely nothing to do with God. So, the rescue that God is offering is is from a day of judgment, from a real place of eternal damnation called hell. And notice, notice that when he describes hell, he says, you know, that um, he is going to rescue you from hell, which was created for the devil and his angels. I mean, hell was not created for... Mm-hmm. Man, it's in Matthew 25, by the way. It's it's really important that you hear this because Jesus, again, believes in the day of judgment. He believes in a, a final account and reckoning. It's called the parable of the sheep and the goats. And Jesus is describing himself when he says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another. So again, Jesus just very matter-of-factly saying, "Oh yes, there's there is a day of reckoning, friends. There, you know these these things that seem to be kind of uh, quaint antiques of an older religious tradition. You know, oh no, there's a day of judgment, and there's the sheep, and then there's the goats. And listen to what he says to them. Um, and then he says in verse forty-one, then he will say to those." On his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So hell was not created for man. That's an important thing for you to know because I know people wrestle with how could a good and loving God send people to hell. Hell wasn't created for man. Hell was created for the angels that rebelled against God and and led the, led the coup that tried to 
put Satan on the throne of the universe and and the devil and his angels are the ones that brought that battle to the earth and have brought so much destruction on the human race. Hell was created for them. Mm-hmm. The problem is this. There actually are only two locations in the universe. There's only heaven or hell. There's no options. And so Jesus is saying, look, there is a day of giving an account. There is a day when your eternal future is going to be finally decided and you will either go to heaven or you will go to hell. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. And whether you like it, whether it fits in with the modern culture of of, uh, tolerance and subjectivity and all roads lead to Rome, they don't. Mm -hmm. They just don't, friends. And I mean, that's the way Jesus lays these things out. And so in part two, we want to talk about, so what is this salvation? But but we had to start here by saying, look, it's when God talks about a rescue, it's not primarily from poverty. It's not primarily from, um, you know, tyranny or, or ruthless dictators or, or, again, you know, social institutions that oppress or not even primarily from your own brokenness. Mm-hmm. Not really. The, the salvation that Jesus is talking about has to do with a day of judgment. It has to do with eternal consequences. And Jesus, Jesus believes in hell. And I think what I want to end with today, Craig, is just asking you, why don't we talk about this? much. I mean, when was the last conversation you had with a group of believers about hell? It was doing something similar to this, kind of teaching a class on the, uh, you know, cardinal truths of the Christian faith. It's like, it's... How many years ago? Oh, yeah. Years. Years. Decades? No, not... Well, a decade. Okay. (laughs) Twelve years. (laughs) I mean, 12 years, yeah. 12 years have gone by. Yeah. And I'm guessing for our listeners, it's the same. It's, this is not central to our perspective on life and, and the world and people. And how would it change things if it were? I just think that's what I want to kind of leave our listeners with on, the, on part one here is, oh, my goodness. Boldly, clearly, Jesus is laying out, look, you have an eternal destiny. And it's either wonderful or it is horrifying. And the rescue that I'm offering you is from that horrifying outcome. Take this seriously. How would it shape us? How would it shape us if we really looked at things the way Jesus did? We're going to have to pick this up in a part two, as I said. So thanks for listening to the Ransom Tar podcast. This is John Eldridge with Craig McConnell. And again, there's so much more always available. If you'll join us on Facebook or come to our website at ransomtart.com, please tune in to part two of this so you hear the rest of what we have to say about Jesus's perspective on the rescue that we need. <laughs>